welcome. It's that time again. What time is it, you say? Time to go to the beach, according to the weather. <laughs> hey, let's just get out of here and go. <laughs> anyway, what a nice idea. It is a gorgeous day today out here in Seattle. Perfectly no clouds whatsoever. It's going to get in the upper 70s. It's going to be 90 by Monday, from Ew. what I hear. That's a little warm. It's a bit warm, yeah. So, anyway, this is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm Eileen Grimes, astrologer. I'm your host. And let me introduce Mr. Doug Johnston. He is my co-host. Mr. And it's good to be here. Yay. It's good to have you here. Okay, so today on the show, um, on our Astro Celebrity of the Week, we have on kind of an unusual guy, Kanye West. And um, he's been doing all sorts, I would say mischief, but that's not the right word for it. But he's having a bit of a problem right now. And so um, he was running for president, then he wasn't running for president. Now he's running for it again. It's typical Gemini. (laughs) So he just can't make up his mind. But anyway, um, he's got some stuff going on. And his chart is really interesting. So that's why I picked him this week. That came from a Pisces that has a real hard time making up a mind. (laughs) (laughs) where's the rim shot when we need it (laughs) yeah anyway hey we'll have to figure out where we can put one in nathan (laughs) so anyway anyhow so uh yeah so today also we're also going to be talking to mr rick de clemente he is an astrologer from pittsburgh pa originally from west virginia and we're going to talk to him about a little-known subject which is kind of out there on the perimeter of astrological knowledge, and that is Eris, E-R-I-S. It is supposed to be the new planet in the zodiac, but it's actually a little dwarf planet just outside of our solar system. But there's a whole lot of interesting meanings connected to Eris. I've got it really strongly, relatively strongly in my chart, so I'm kind of curious from a personal point of view as to what it means for me but also what other people... Do you know where your heiress is? No, nah, didn't look at it. Okay, I was just wondering. It's too confusing. <laughs> <laughs> you said add one more body, and yeah. it'll confuse the whole mess. Just a little more confusion with that one. Uh, I Actually, I looked yours up, and I can't remember what it was. Yeah. I think it is... It is a Okay, it was air, when going through Aries at the time I was born, and, and I think it was uh, in Taurus or something... A year before me, because it was doing retrogradation. So it might have been somewhere semi-close to your Mercury. So anyway. Anyway, so that's it on that. And um, what else are we doing today? Okay. Um, we are going to be talking about other things astrological with Rick, and it'll be fun. So anyway, we have all of our usual stuff, too. And uh, we're going to do that. So after this break, we're going to be doing Kanye West. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 a.m. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. 
bored with the other stations, hammering away on the same old talking points? Try Alternative Talk 1150 and get some variety. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And now it's time for Astro Celebrity of the Week. And that was Kanye West, in case you probably hadn't figured it out, but it was easy to figure it out. So anyway, Kanye has a birthday on June 8, 1977, born at 8.45 a.m. I guess this is somewhat disputed because he's got all sorts of birthdays he's put out there and times and all that kind of stuff. How typical of a Gemini. Excuse me, I shouldn't say that about you, but... I can't believe you'd say it twice, like <laughs> you're trying to take and insult me over and over. <laughs> anyway, he was born in Atlanta, Georgia. And so last week, in case you hadn't been paying attention to the news, um, he had thrown in his hat in the ring to run for president. And he was denouncing Trump. And then the next thing he does, he's pulling out of the race. And then again, he's back in again. So we don't know what he's doing right now. But he did have a rather a meltdown during a uh, press conference about a week ago. And so I just thought it would be interesting to take a look at his chart. So, Mr. Doug, what do you see in there that's interesting or unusual? He's got a lot of things that are unusual. Yeah. Mercury on aspect, it is very unusual, considering that it's so close to everything. Yep, right. Probably that's the most outstanding thing, but then the... It'll be in stationary direct is mm-hmm. yeah. pretty heavy in his chart as well. Yep, and it's so right close down there to the fourth house cusp. So it's right literally under his feet. And Venus literally is right at the midheaven as far as rule this thing. So Okay, yeah, far as far as career goes. So that makes and total in sense. Taurus, that's and in Taurus, that's all about music, and that's probably why he has 21 Grammys. Yeah, well, you know, he must be doing something right. Anyway, um, he does have a Sun-Jupiter conjunction in Gemini, squaring Pisces moon, and then in opposition to Neptune. So, I mean, that Neptune squaring the moon in Pisces, that's kind of a double whammy with him. And the yod. And the yod, yes, the yod. Pluto, Saturn, and into the moon being the apex in Pisces. So that's an unusual thing. But, you know, his Mercury... In basically, we call it peregrine, but it's not. It's unaspected. It has no major aspects to anything else in the chart. And generally, it, it kind of, I was thinking about this on the way up from, from my home this morning coming to the studio. I was thinking about how would we compare this to a stationary planet? Because they're both unusual. They basically are, they're a standalone item in the person's chart, which can threat to take, take over everything. A stationary planet will do it, and so will an unaspected planet do it. But Mercury unaspected, or any planet unaspected, is sort of like having a big family thing on the first floor with a bunch of people, and that's all your other planets that are aspecting. Then you have one planet in the basement that doesn't get along with everybody else. It's not connecting to everything else in the chart. So consequently, it doesn't have... Quite as much garbage to carry around. That's true. Yeah, it doesn't. And it's much more f- able to free think. You know, it's going to talk about thinking outside of the box. That's exactly what it would do. And it's in the 11th house. So it's really outside of the box. Yeah. You know, and so he has done some very unusual things. And he's quite, 
So the people that don't understand when you say the 11th house, it's Aquarius is what mm-hmm. she's trying to say. And Aquarius is always a little bit on the eccentric side. Yeah, a, a bit, a bit nerved out, a little anxious, but um, it has to do with that. So it's like putting Mercury with Uranus, sort of, when you put it in the house that naturally Aquarius rules, So which is the 11th house. So it, it's, it's an interesting combination of forces. It basically means his brain is, if you put a record uh, a tur- on a turntable, you put the stylus down on the record, and then every now and then it takes a jump. It jumps. It jumps again. It jumps again. It keeps jumping to parts that are not connected to the first part type of thing. So it's, it's like somebody's brain is on its own wiring. And if he was to do astrology, he'd be good at it. Oh, I think he would, too. Yeah, so... Yeah, and with this unaspected Mercury, it, it's um, it's like you don't have anything else tugging on on the brain to go do other things, like things that have to be you have to behave yourself and that kind of thing. So it's is so he's really allowed himself to really fully freely go into the brain matter, literally, and and figure out what it is he's trying to say. Which is every time he says something, it's unusual. It's, it's just very interesting. So you know. I'm trying to think, would this make him a brainy person, extremely intelligent? It probably would. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. He got A's you and B's. You can tell just by talking to it, when he's talking that he's yeah. definitely on a roll. He can see things pretty Yeah, clearly. if you get the jargon away, the rap jargon away, he can he can articulate himself. He can, I've heard him talk. He can articulate himself very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. But then his mother was an English teacher. <laughs> Yeah, now let's And he was raised by his mother. Yes. And you want to know where the planet, the moon in his chart, which is the mother, is in the ninth house. That's the teacher. And she taught the University of Chicago for 24 years. And he has cancer rising, which is the ruler, you know, ruled by the moon. So you have a moon, you have a mother that's highly intelligent who taught and and put down a great, uh, you know, just a good mark role model for him to follow. Well, she basically ran his whole business there for quite some yeah. time. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Yeah, I mean, she was his manager. Yeah, and then you in the fourth house, which is the house of the mother, we got Pluto there. So we know that the um, the attention or the the connection between him and his mother was pretty be- pretty deep. Yeah. Yeah, very very deep. So yeah, I mean, but mainly, you know, it's his. Uh, Jupiter, Sun, opposing Moon, squaring Venus. It's all basically Piscean energy. So he's just, you know, um, he's all creativity, all of it. Mm-hmm. Yep, he is. So anyway, so do you have anything else you need to say about him? Nope. I like his chart. Okay. Yeah, and the Jupiter up there, I mean, does he have multiple degrees by chance? Has he gone back, gone, gotten degrees? I don't know that. I never saw anything that said that. But yeah. Jupiter's son, you would almost expect it. You'd expect him to have multiple ones. Yeah, you would. Okay. Anyway, all right. So um, that's it for him. I mean, there's probably a lot more that we can say about him. But, you know, for the limited time we have here today, we can at least say that much. You know, but I still find it interesting as Mercury is basically unaspected which is something that, you know, his brain is just out there. Doesn't happen very often. No, uh uh-uh. It goes out and doesn't come back usually. So anyway, so we are going to take another break right now. When we get back, we're going to bring on Mr. Rick DiComente.
This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to New Pro Supplements, we cover the world of animals. This week, July 26th, it's Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald on Animal World, educating, entertaining, and uplifting the human animal. This month, Kevin welcomes back one of our favorites, animal intuitive Kim Miller Medium. We'll have open phone lines so you can call in and talk to your human or animal loved ones on this side or the other. Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. Alternative Talk 1150, local talk for the body, mind, and soul. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And now it is time to bring on our guest today from direct from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. It's Rick DiClemente. Hi, Rick. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. It's really wonderful to have you on. I really love reading your stuff on Facebook. And um, I've been look, looking at, uh, there's one, two things I want to mention about you. First of all, you've written a book. It's called The Exquisite Zodiac. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. And then also he has an online feature. It's called Astrology Unplugged. I believe you do that every Thursday. Yes, I do. Okay, good. So I have to check in. Last week you did a thing on the angles of the chart, on, which is kind of on interesting. On the angles, and then it's put on uh, YouTube every Thursday night. Okay, great, great. We can all look for that. That'd be good. So, um, and what's your, uh, do you, you have a handle on on YouTube that we can look for? Yeah, just type in uh, Rick DiClemente or just type in Astrology Unplugged. Okay. One. That's good. Astrology Unplugged, that's easy to remember. So, all right. So today with Rick, we wanted to talk a little bit about Eris. I've noticed that you you take a good good pride in talking about this planet, planet toid, planet dwarf planet, whatever you want to call it. And um, I, I kind of, you know, I kind of found out Eris through my own chart. I think I told you it's two minutes from my Mercury and literally two minutes away. And uh, so I, I've noticed that um, some interesting things about Mercury and Aries, and then you add all the Aries stuff to it. Plus, I have Ceres next to, to Mercury, too. So I don't know how the heck that mashes up. But anyway, um, let's talk a little bit about Aries and its background and how it found its way here into our astrology work. Well, she, she entered um, Aries in 1921, Okay. She's been, she's going to be in Aries for 120 years. Jeez. Because she spends 540 years to go around. And she's now about 23, 24 of Aries. So in her whole lifetime, it's gone from five, five degrees. Okay. To uh, 24. Um, She was, she will spend 540 years to go all the way around. Right. She has an elliptical orbit. And with you, I have it right on Jupiter, same degree. And with you having it on Mercury. Oh, really? Yes, that's extremely significant. Because first of all, I wrote newsletters for years and years and years. And I watched Jupiter and I watched Saturn and all this. And for the last five years or so, I just lost track of the planets. I said, something else is going on. Something else is going on. I don't know what it is. Try to blame it all on Pluto. It was not Pluto. Mm-hmm. Was it Saturn conjoining Pluto? It was not Saturn. And I found out it was Eris. 
and it is Eris. And Eris is running the show right now. Even though we're inches away from a Pluto return in the USA's chart, and even though Pluto's with Saturn, the story right now is Eris squaring Pluto. Interesting. These are the two mamas, the two big ones. Okay, so you bring Eris into this whole <laughs> configuration with Pluto and, and Saturn. And I that, think I think you mentioned, I think you saw it online, that it brings the element of combativeness to... Well, it does. It brings the element of combativeness, and she is the planet of discord. Yes. But only if something's unfair. Confusion. If it's unfair, if it's unjust, if you've been counted out, we're going to make that right. We're mm -hmm. going to make that right no matter what. Mm -hmm. So she's much more violent than Pluto is. Oh. And she can do whatever she's got to do to make things. You say combative, she, she doesn't care what method she uses, <laughs> which is kind of strange because they're trying to assign a rulership of the sign of Libra. Okay. Right. Yeah. So this is why in your Mercury and in my Jupiter, when you talk, you're not going to just talk like a typical Pisces. You're going to talk like an Arisian person. <laughs> and Eris is, you're going to talk about, well, is that fair? Is that really fair? You're just obsessed with things being fair and just. Okay. Yeah, I've noticed that there is that tendency, you know, when things are out of whack or yeah. are lop, you know, moving to one side and the other side is not getting enough airplay. I kind of wait, 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 wait. What about the other That's side? Right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense to me. So, yeah. And with me, I have it on Jupiter. So now you have Jupiter and Aries, right? Yeah, that's right. In my third house. So oh, okay. Much, much the same effect as you. Oh yeah. When I talk, I, I go for the gusto. I don't, I don't pussyfoot. I'm trying to, to nail down what's happening. Right. And you see, you do not talk to Eris. You don't talk around Eris. Somebody's don't. being screwed. Somebody's not being treated right. She's not going to be quiet. And that's why you're seeing the uprising in the streets right now. Okay. Eris is taking over everything right now. Right. Yeah. I remember you mentioning that it is sort of step front and center, you know, in yes. front of all these other guys because they're, you know, it, it's sort of... I don't know if you would compare it to Mars, but you could. She's Mars's Mars's sister. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's why they're similar. That's why it's her brother. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Now we're getting things straight here because I had no idea they were brother and sister. Okay, so they're both troublemakers. But yeah, they are. They yeah. are. Yeah. Wow, I did not know that. That's amazing. So yeah. Wouldn't it also have a strong abundance characteristic about it? Eris? Yes. Okay. Coming in in 1921, that was a very fluent time. Right. It was a very fervent time. Very, yeah. And they very, always very, tag these planets as far when they find them. Right. What was really going on at that time. And if you look exactly. at that, the roaring 20s, were, well, money was flowing now, everywhere. Yeah. She wasn't found until 2006. Okay. She yeah. entered Aries in 1921, but she wasn't found until 2006. Okay. Look, look what happened since then. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, my mother was born in 1921. So, mm. um, interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, this is just really interesting to me because it, it seems to me that when we discover a new entity out there and we've been trying to figure out something in our own chart 
that's seemingly more than just what the planetary placement is, you know. And um, you said that, um, I think you said in instant messages, you, said, you could start your own revolution, you know that, don't you? I said, well, maybe I could. But um, it is kind of interesting because there, there is sort of an obsessive quality about Eris, isn't there? Yes, and the revolution has already begun, oh. yes, oh, without a doubt. Now, one of the things that's important is she's she's very sensitive to people who've been discounted, and you're seeing the dark side of her with a lot of people politically who feel like they've been discounted, but they really haven't been discounted, mm-hmm. and they're using the dark side of Eris with the violent tendencies and the really sharp language, etc., versus such as Black Lives Matter, where they have been discounted, they have mm-hmm. been treated in an unfair way. That's more of the light side of Eris. So we're seeing the light and the dark both at the same time. And she is about debate. She is about whatever. So I think that uh, Okasha, what is her initials? Who, me? Huh? AOC. She, oh. AOC oh, yeah. is oh. very, she's very much an, uh, 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 an avatar of, of Eris. She is a Libra, and Eris uh, is the voice of the divine feminine rising again. Okay. So she, I think she has, I was looking at her chart the other day, Mars conjunct her son, I think. I can't remember. I can't remember either. But anyway, she looked quite a, you know, she looked quite she's male. Tough. For, for a female. Tough, yeah. yeah. So she'll, she'll stand up. Now, what's the uh, what's the degrees from your Jupiter? Mine is exact. Okay. What degree is my natal my, my natal Jupiter and Eris same degree six degrees six degrees. Okay. Yeah. And my Mar, my Mars or Mercury is at seven degrees. That's in the ninth house. So uh, interesting. Okay. I must have it close to my Jupiter as well because my. Jupiter is at eight degrees Aries. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, you do, you do, you do. It was next to Jupiter. I would think it would be pretty close. Yeah, because that. it moves so slow. So, yeah, you're born the, the year before me. The thing to remember is that, uh, as normal, astrologers are loath and reticent to add new planets because 80 new planets were just discovered, but they're going to have to put this one on. Yeah. They're just going to have to because... It's explaining what's going on. But what's unusual and what's unbelievable is when she's discovered, she's discovered exactly square to Pluto. Wow. Yeah. And Saturn. And so that's what's unbelievable. Not only are we facing a Pluto return and Pluto and Saturn together, right. Pluto opposite the sun in the United States chart, but we got Pluto and Saturn squared to Eris right now. Wow. That's why things are out of control. And that's why what, I, what I'm saying on my show is that's why we're having to grow up real fast. Okay. The United States doesn't want to grow up real fast. No, no. The United States is a party place. It's a party place. <laughs> yeah. It's very childlike. And what I say is there's no more ponies, no more ponies. Everybody's got to get on a stallion. Let's get going. Yeah. The United States doesn't want to do that because it's a cancer country. Okay. The heiress right. is requiring it. Yeah. Yeah. Eris is, it's, mm-hmm. it's basically standing. I sort of see sta- it standing out in front of Pluto and Saturn. And go, Excuse me. I've got this right now. So let me take over. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Pluto's not, Pluto's not going to stand back for anybody. No, mm-hmm. no. 
but so they're very they're very similar these two energies well the interesting thing then with jupiter coming into the play of this whole thing makes it even more interesting uh-huh. in the long run there'll be a huge transition i think this probably forces the issue as far as the um change that's right at hand as far as with the federal reserve hmm. and yes, going to that, a gold that, standard that, yeah, well, they're at two degrees Capricorn, so they, they've been hit ever since 08. But you're seeing, without a doubt, epical change. Mm. This is nothing minor, nothing major. This is way beyond major. Okay. This is a ch- earth-shattering change. I mean, to my, I'm at the point now when I read, I don't even look at the Aries stuff that's happening. Where's Pluto? Where's Saturn? Where's Aries? That's mm. the story. And almost everybody I talk to, You've had an atomic bomb go off at the 24th degree of Capricorn in your chart. Right. It's gone off there. And that's where major, major renovation is needed. And you're just going to have to get to work. Yeah. You know, the understanding I have is this, is that Pluto is evolutionary. So it will help you evolve if you get with it. Yeah. If you don't evolve, Pluto will get rid of you. Mm-hmm. Well, Eris is different. Eris is, are you going to get with the fight? Or have have to fight her. Okay. Yeah. The, you can pick and choose your battles, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Supposedly. So pick she's your... Very, she's very strong. Yeah. So I rather like Eris myself. I love her. I but really do. I think she's, she's cool. Yeah. She's tough to deal with. Yeah. Well, I like her anyway. So cool. Well, it's going to be interesting with... with Mars coming in to play with this too, because you've got the square coming from Mars. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So yeah, hold on. Okay, let's put that whole one on thought because we got to take a break here really quick. That we will be right back here with the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Matt Shea and Matt Shea Books. Matt writes books that centers around the common person in everyday life, people like you and me. His writings emphasize that each and every one of us was blessed with a unique, one-of-a-kind hand and that will eventually be called upon to serve the world we live in. Matt will write stories and conduct radio interviews for the rest of his life as a way to encourage and inspire others. One of his great books is the trilogy King of the Coleman's Hill, which has been receiving a lot of attention lately and can be found on Amazon and his website. So feel free to browse Matt's update web, updated website, www.mattsheabooks.net. All of his books are available there. Matt would love to hear from you and promises to answer any or all that contact him. You can also write to him at his personal email address at workinmat 7 W-O-R-K-N-M-A-T-T-7 at AOL.com. And you can call him at 206-915-1881. On Friday, Manson Mitchell welcomed Tori Ryder with a discussion about powerful women in the news today. Misogynists, beware. On Saturday, Tanya and Joey Medea, paranormal researchers, have helpful hints about how to live in a haunted house. Rattle those chains. Bringing you mastery and mystery since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. 
Alternative Talk 1150, talk radio for the body, mind, and soul. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW. I am Eileen Grimes, astrologer, the host. And you can also talk to Mr. Doug Johnston, or you can talk to him. I can talk to him, too. And he's my co-host. <laughs> oh, we're all going to talk to him, okay? That was a lot of jibber-jabber. I know. <laughs> Just channeling Gemini. Anyway, so, and our guest today is Mr. Rick D. Clemente who has been talking to us about Eris, and I'm just finding it fascinating because it adds a different dimension to your chart when it comes to the planet that, you know, Eris may be sitting next to. So it's going to get the overflow from from Eris dripping all over that planet. So anyway, um, what were you saying before we went to break, Rick? About oh, the squares I can't that remember going exactly. on as far as with Eris, okay. and we have Mars coming oh, into yeah, the Mars play of that squaring. squaring it as well. Yeah, right. So well, you figure you figure this: Eris is at twenty-four, Pluto's at twenty-four. The American chart, the natal Pluto's at twenty-seven. Yeah. So not only are we in the middle of a Pluto return that is forming in the next several years, then Eris is going to go over the natal Pluto. Okay, so that's why you're seeing redefinition. You're seeing questions about everything about America. Everything. Every single thing that we thought was settled has been uprooted, and we're questioning how we want to be. Yeah. People are saying, well, that's not who we are. And people are coming back and saying, that is who we are. Yeah. So we're being required to face a side of ourselves mm-hmm. that we're not real fond of. Right. Yeah. I mean, it seems like we're all. It's turned out to be a bipartisan universe here, you know. I, yes. Yeah. yes. I mean, we're all against each other, Democrats, Republicans, gays against straights, you name it. Everybody's I fighting each other. I don't think we're other. in a war of Democrats and Republicans anymore. We I can't. Think it's we got a whole different it. thing. Oh. To me, they're on both sides of the deep state. Yeah. Yeah. So. So it's deep state versus the humanity. Okay. All right. So. But, have you have you listened to Bishop Larry Gators? No. I find him quite fascinating, and his history that he's got is phenomenal. Hmm. Um, I he'd be one of my top ten. I'd love to sit and just talk with him. Wow. So okay, Bishop Larry Gators. Well, he's doing a great job right now as far as explaining history and what went on. Uh, and especially with the black history, because mm-hmm. he is a black man. Okay. But he's fascinating to listen to. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and that's another thing. That's another thing is the the black rising up, basically, for the first, not the first time it's ever happened, but it's happening again. But, but you can feel a different flavor this time. Yeah, you can feel the it. New it is flavor, different. That flavor is heiress. Yeah. Because in mythology, she was not invited to a party with all the gods. She oh, was how rude. Miffed. She was miffed by that. So she threw a golden apple in through the window, <laughs> and on the apple was inscribed, who is the fairest of them all? Oh. And so she's a disruptor. She started all these fights with all the gods, and that's the whole point of Eris. Eris does not care what she's got to do. She doesn't care what lengths she's got to go to. She's not going to put up anymore with unfairness. Really? Unjust, and that's what's happening, yeah. and that's why people are 
pulling that out of themselves yeah. in an ugly way and other people are pulling out of, of themselves in a nice way. Yeah. So we need to get those two things in sync because this, what's it called? Uh, this othering is killing us. Mm-hmm. Well, it seems like everybody is rebelling against something right now. Portland is starting. We are doing That's it right. up here in Seattle. Um, right. It's uh, It's got to be two sides opposing each other, you know, and, and so it's kind of interesting. Where does Eris sit in all this? Is she just the, is she throwing well, the flames on the fire is what she's well, doing? Put, put, it, put it this way. I've been giving this a lot of thought lately. Okay. The main thing she's doing is she's coming up from within you. Okay. Within me. And what that means is for all these years that I've let things be for good or bad, all of a sudden there's a force in me that doesn't want to allow me to be unfair anymore. Okay. Okay. It's, it's an individual thing. I can't be unfair anymore. I can't mm-hmm. be unjust anymore. I cannot live with this anymore. And it's perfect fodder to be projected onto someone else. Yeah. Oh, sure That's it is. the problem. That's yeah. the problem. That's something you Pisces can really understand. Because yeah. Pisces yeah. want everybody to love everybody. Oh, I know. Well, that's what's happening is this, this force is coming and these outer planets, you cannot control their energy. You can go with them. You yeah. can try to fight them. Good luck. But yeah. they're coming up and it's coming up inside us. And that's why when you talk to people now, people are more willing to say, count me in. I'm in on that fight. Yeah, I'm right. in. Right. And it, exactly. Because the, Pluto, the Aeris strength is coming up from within. So it basically is saying, um, I'm sick and tired of this. We're not going to do this anymore. Exactly. Okay. Yes. All right. That's, yes. That's interesting. Sort of it's, it's more of an awakening. Oh yeah, I would exactly. Agree with that. And I really recommend the book. Just to just search on uh, Amazon for this fabulous book called "Discovering Heirs okay. by Legrice. L e g r i c e. He's one of the groups that does the the think tank with um, Richard Tarnas. Oh, okay. Right. I know who he is. It's a marvelous book if you understand both the mythology and the astrology of it. Okay. Can you give me that title again? I want to write it Discovering Eris. Discovering Eris. Discovering Eris by Legrice. 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 And you'll find it, and it's it's one half heavy-duty mythology, and the second half is really to the point astrology it's amazing because he wrote this in 2012 when the planet had only been known for six years okay so it's pretty hard to discern a planet's traits within just six years yeah you have to observe it for a lot longer so it's basically you would think it's whole this, cycle, this but... guy now he nailed it wow he really, he really did okay i wrote it down so i'm probably going to get that book because I suggest you start putting it on your chart just to watch it. And you'll get in tune with it that way. Well, but I, I, the I've main thing that. now, the main thing now is the Eris square to Pluto is just, it's just so heavy duty. Yeah. Look around. It's happening everywhere. Yeah, exactly. And you know, it's interesting because Eris is a part of a grand square in my chart. Oh boy. <laughs> it's square to Uranus, Saturn, and Chiron, I believe, and then Mercury. Oh boy! Yes. Well, that means that means to me that you're tired of the Grand Cross operating in any way that's not favorable, Mm -hmm. and you're going to get out a big new lasso, and you're going to whip all four of them into shape because Eris is going to insist on it. Mm Hmm. 
Does that make sense yeah, to you? Yeah, it does. It does. I, I've been, it's kind of the way I sort of watch my, my own behavior is I know it's what I do on Facebook. I don't know why, yes. but, you know, it's kind of a way we kind of measure our own, you know, consciousness. And lately I've been reading through different posts, you know, about various things. And in parallel posts comes up where I so totally disagree with it. I actually throw something on there and I go, excuse me, but you're full of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes really strong feelings. But yeah, it does. Yeah, we need something out there besides strong feelings. We need something that's a congealer. We need a a, a Neptune out there to soften these edges. You know. Right. Oh, I've got lots of that too. So. Yeah, I bet you do. Yeah, I do. So anyway, this is just really interesting because it feels as though Eris is like an extension of Mars almost to, you know, um, it's like Mars will fight up to a point for its own good. If it's yeah, but Mars, uh, Mars could care less if it's just or not. Yeah, right. But Eris is a little bit more socially conscious, isn't it? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's all about society. Okay, yeah. yeah. But the thing about her, she will not put up with the Peter principle. She will not put up with somebody who's been raised to a level that they're not capable. Mm -hmm. I mean, she really screams about it, and that's what you're seeing, aren't you? Yeah, right. In the White, in the White House, you're seeing it. Uh, Wait, what, I want to make sure I understood what you just said. You're concerned about the Peter Principle, and you're concerned about someone not living up to what they're doing? She's very concerned about unfairness. Okay. And she, she can't stand somebody getting a position at the top where they don't deserve it. They haven't worked for it. Okay. She will do anything to bring it down. Okay. So there, there's kind of elements of different planets within her, and I'm noticing a little bit of Uranus there, you know, yes. like making yes. sure everything is fair for everybody, not just for yes. one person. Okay. Yeah. All yeah, right. I would think that she'd be very, very much as far as with what's going on right now, considering the fact that you have more pedophile rings worldwide going down. Yeah. And that to me sounds like she'd be more concerned about that than anything else. Well, oh. she's very concerned about that, but because she, that's she, be, being a, being a ruler of Libra, she's broad. She's interested in all topics. Okay, Libra Libra has a misnomer that they're nice and peaceful and tactful. Well, yeah. they're not. They're not just that. Libras love to argue, oh. <laughs> and they're very competitive. Okay, yeah, sort of like on the debate team. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, they they're the fastest thinking as far as yeah. air planet. They, do, and they, they do it with a smile. Yeah. They're way ahead in the conversation. There's no question about that. Interesting. They can be more manipulative than any other sign as far as you want to look yes, at it. Yes, they can. Because they think so far ahead. Okay. They're very strategic, yes. Yeah, because like always looking to see where they place in all of this stuff. It's right. They're winners. They're street smart. Okay. It, you know, we never hear about these kind of sides of the signs. We just hear how lovely Libra is. That's yeah. that the exquisite zodiac yeah. is all about. Oh, is that what your book is it's about? Okay. About. We well, went down into each sign and we tore away all the little riffraff. Oh, my God. We went gosh. down into the heart, the heart of each sign. Not only did we show what makes them all tick, we showed how they're strung together. Strong now, view. each sign is a, is a radical outgrowth of the sign before it. Okay. 
You know what? We're going to take a really quick break right now because when we come back, I want to talk to you about this book of yours. Since it's a perfect segue, I don't know how we did that, but we did. But it's a perfect segue for us to talk about basically, are you talking about the shadow side of these signs? Sort of. This book talks about the essence, the plus and the minus. Okay. All right. Let's do that. Okay, good. All right. Now, so when we come back, we're going to be talking about that. Okay. Okay. So this yep. is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Susan Bergstrom from the Medicare Exchange. Medicare coverage is a very important and confusing issue as we near retirement, largely because Medicare doesn't cover 100% of your medical costs, only about 80%. That means we will need affordable supplemental coverage that takes care of that 20%. Susan Bergstrom can help us get the best coverage. For with her, the process is really easy, and in the end, she will save you some money. So Susan has some new developments. First are classes that are available through the programs that she represents. They're suited for your kids and other kids, too. So she also has a legacy safeguard, which is a new document that can be done to itemize and organize your final wishes. And it's free. So if you need more information, call Susan at 253-318-9379 or email her at sbergstrom at americanseniorbenefits.com. Be sure to support the sponsors of your favorite shows on Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on Jupiter Rising Show with my co-host Doug Johnston and also our guest, Mr. Rick D. Clemente. And we're going to talk about his book right now, The Exquisite Zodiac. And I kind of know now what he means by that, but he's talking about, um, I don't think you're talking about the shadow side of each each sign, but just the little inf- little things that we sometimes miss, you know, when we're looking at a sign. If you describe the sign's essence, there's no real need to talk about the plus or the minus. Okay. Because it's obvious. Okay. So it's the essence of the sign. For instance, Leo. People all this time think that Leo wants the limelight and all these rather negative things about self-centered and all that. Yeah. When you get down to the real essence of Leo, what Leo's really doing is trying to gain confidence. (gasps) Oh, of course he is. Okay, and when you think about that, that's why Leos can't stand being disrespected. Yeah. And that's why if they got an audience or they don't have an audience, they're two different beings. When you look at Libra, Libra is not the sign of the balance. It's not the sign of harmony. It's a sign of comparison. That's what Libra does. That's why the scales you weigh one thing versus the other. Okay. And when you really see the essence of them, then you're always right when you talk about the sign. Oh, you're always yeah. right because you're talking about way beyond the sun sign. You're back at the yeah. archetypal uh, essence of it. Right. And basically, I'm, I'm looking at this from if I'm just putting the sign right in front of me. And if I'm looking at what you're saying, I'm looking at one step back. What's motivating that sign to be? The motivation right. for the sign. Right. Well, there are several things, but you'll like the fact that the book's original title was Pisces, the Ultimate Sign. <laughs> but I did not think people would understand it because what the book is, is shows an evolution from the original delusion of leaving God 
thinking that we could be separate. Then you see the ego going through 11 stages of trying to solve things at the ego level, and that doesn't work. And it gets to the final stage of Pisces, and that's what is the reason that the Pisces is non-combative. They're not uh, down to earth. They're not um, out for money and out for yeah. uh, physical yeah. growth. They're out for returning back to the oneness. Oh, so is that what's your explanation for what Pisces is? You kind of said it all. Pisces, Pisces is about the non-self, but the main problem Pisces people have is they don't have enough ego because okay. they're built. They're built to fight the ego. They're okay. built to think that ego is bad. Yeah, but that's why they get listless. That's why they do alcohol. That's why they do drugs. That's why they drift away. They, they think that anytime they have ego, it's bad. But they, if they would insert a little ego to help them be a lot better off, just like when you see an ego with a bunch of Mars or a bunch of yeah. Sag or a bunch of Fire, they're always better off. Yeah, but the. It, the thing about Pisces is it's done playing the game. It wants to go home. And what I've found with Pisces is they all want to do one thing. And that's want to be, they want to be left alone. Yeah, want to be left alone? Yeah. Here, here. So they can float. <laughs> so they can float on the lake. Yeah. Just leave me alone. I'm not mad. Just leave me alone. Just leave me I'm, alone. I'm floating with the oneness. Leave wow. me alone. And I got enough Leo on my chart. I have Leo rising plus south node in Leo. So that kind of contradicts that's that. That's good. Yeah, yeah, that's very good. And Pluto in the first house. And Pluto in the first house in Leo. So, yeah. That's, yeah, that's very good. And Mars and Scorpio in the fourth. Well, huh. well, as you know, a lot of Pisces need help. They really do. It's mm -hmm. a tough sign. I find myself, when I'm with Pisces, I have to teach them what they are first before I even attempt to read your chart. Okay. Because they're just lost. They don't. They don't have a clear-cut definition of self because they are the sign of the non-self. Right. Yeah. I. God, that really gets my brain whacked into shape. That's there. what this whole book is like. It's, well, it's, I got to get that book. That's all there is to it. Yeah, I'd like to hear your feedback after you read yeah, it. Yeah, I'm interested in reading it. I hope it's on Kindle. It's on Kindle and, okay. then I can get and it right my away. website, which is Star Self. And on Amazon. Okay, great. Thank you so much. I've got to get that because, you know, I sort of feel like, and I'm starting talking about myself here for a second, but, you know, being Pisces is that the the explanation of the Zodiac and all that, I'm kind of going, well, there's got to be more than that, you know. It seems That's like, right, because up until this time, you had to just memorize adjectives. Right. <laughs> yeah, and right. Doug, Doug, will like, Doug will like this, but I had a Gemini mother, and that was the 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 instigator in me writing this book was I tried to solve one question: Why are Gemini's the twins? Why? Yeah. And I went all over the country asking people, and nobody could tell me why they're twins. So we attacked that we attacked that question head on, and I think we got a pretty good solution in this book about why oh, they're twins. So that's in your book, huh? I yes, it is. I'll have to read it, and then I'll tell Doug. That's right. <laughs> you don't no think I read? Him, no, uh, I know. Well, you should read it. <laughs> tell one of the dogs, but not the other one. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Trying to keep secrets from me. That's right. God, that's, you know, if I had known, and I'm really glad I, I heard about all this because this is like turns my head around, like 360 when I'm looking at the signs. You should just see her right now. If you wouldn't believe you what's like going on. Oh, my gosh. It's just spinning. <laughs> yeah, spinning. 
Well, what I learned from writing the book is that every sign is very difficult. Every sign is really difficult to be, especially the four cardinal signs. Right. They take upon a whole new element. Right. Cancer is really tough. Aries isn't really tough. Cancer is tough to be. Libra is tough to be. Capricorn is very tough to be because you're starting into a whole new element. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Something completely new for the person. Yeah. And I have five cardinal signs in my chart. <laughs> oh. That's good. Oh. Well, you're leading, you're leading a radio show. Yeah. It's not that icy thing to do. Yeah. Well, you know, um, yeah, radio seemed like a natural place for me to be. So I did. So anyway, yeah. Um, oh, gosh, I don't even know where to go with all this. A typical so Pisces is back on the hammock with a lemonade listening to the show. Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it'd have to be sugar-free lemonade, though. Anyway, Sugar's- yeah. Um, so anyway, you know, it's just so interesting having people on that we haven't talked to before and get a whole new perspective on something. It's amazing. When did you start working with Eris? Uh, Eris started to convince me um, about three years ago, and I really could not figure out what was going on. And I'm really intuitive. I could tell what planet's doing what. I could feel it. And all of a sudden, I had to stop writing. I was putting out newsletters. I had to stop writing because I knew something else was going on that I didn't understand. I couldn't figure it out, couldn't find it. And then one day, this guy who's a really awful astrologer said to me, it's Eris. And I said, wow. That made him a very that. good astrologer, just like that. <laughs> yeah. In that point, yes. But, uh, <laughs> but if you would hear him read, you would disagree. But, uh, but then I got the good fortune of writing to uh, Zane Stein, who was Pennsylvania, now living in Australia. And he was one of the original minds around Chiron. Okay. He wrote one of the original books. And Zane was kind enough to send me a list of lengthy list of adjectives that he had written into Mountain Astrologer when describing Eris. Okay. And if you looked at those adjectives, I mean one of the one of the first sta- one of the first statements of keywords in Eris is separating children from their parents. Oh boy. If you read through this list, it's just unbelievable. When I just went check mark, check mark, check mark, check mark. So then I <laughs> you know, reticently put it on the chart and started looking. And of course, now you got all these T-squares and now you've got these bucket patterns. And I started to see it. And boy, when you start to see it right on an angle for somebody, next to the sun, et cetera, et cetera. Wow. What she's doing now is the story. What you're seeing in the streets, this whole story of everybody's feeling this, we're not putting up with it anymore. Yeah. This feeling, what they're feeling is this come up through them, but what they really should be feeling is they're not putting up with this ill behavior of themselves mm-hmm. first. First, that's where it needs to be attacked okay. first. So it needs Otherwise, to, it leads to othering. Yeah, because if you see it in somebody else, it's not going to make as much of an impact as if you notice it in that's yourself. That's right. Right. That's right, yes. Okay, that makes perfect sense. It's downright dangerous. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah, because... You, you read that Eris book, you'll, you'll be up to speed real quickly. Oh, yeah, and I wrote that down here, too. Okay, Discovering Eris. I'm going to get that one, too. So anyway, oh, I love it when my brain stretches out to some more lobes. It's so cool. 
Anyway, so awesome. Okay, my dear, we have to let you go. Uh, I hate to do that oh, yeah. be- because you're really wonderful. You're fun to talk with. You're really fun. Sure. We're going to have you on again. It always seems Thank that you. Thank always... you very much. Both oh, of you're, you. you're welcome. We will talk to you soon, okay? Yeah, thank you both for the opportunity. Hello and goodbye to your audience. Okay, thank you. Okay. Bye. So, you know, we just never know who's going to be on here, do we, that's going to open our brains. Well, it was a fun one. Yes, it really was. Okay, so now we have our, our usual announcements. We still have uh, on hold, but soon, the After Dark reading at the Cat Pizza Casa in Lakewood. They are open now for, for food. I'm going there at least twice a week now. I hate to tell you how much weight I'm gaining. Oh, I, I don't have, you don't have to tell me anything. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can see you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> anyway, uh, we're probably going to go back to the Monday nights, you know, but we just haven't figured out when we're going to do it yet. But, um, again, that's in Lakewood. This is right next to the freeway, and it's just about a little ways from, I think, JBLM. So, anyway, and we also am doing the horoscope column for a KKNW's website, which is at KKNW, 1150 KKNW.com horoscope column which is updated every monday and will be out about monday about noon okay so how do we get a hold of you best way is to call or text 206-769-4924 okay and you can get a hold of me at eileengrimes.com or jupiterrisingshow.com and if you want to get a hold of me email me you can jupiterrisingshow at aol.com okay so next week we have on Matt Shea. So, uh, and Matt Shea is a, a, a really good guest, and he's always talking about our projects. But now Doug and I are involved with him a little bit on a project. So we've just been doing something, and we're going to be talking about that, and it'll be kind of fun. So anyway. Anyway, you got anything else? Nope. You sure? <laughs> Kevin McDonald's involved in the project, too. Is he? hmm Oh, yeah, he is involved with that group. Yeah. So we've actually named our group. It's called the Barrel of Monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Seems fitting since he does Animal World sometimes. Oh, well, that's good. That works. Okay. I don't know Kevin. Huh? You don't know Kevin? He's he's a guy who does replacement for Martha um, on Sundays for Animal World. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. He's a really nice guy. He's a, he's a former disc jockey in this area. So, right. really nice. Very guy. fun-spirited. He's very fun. Yeah, I've talked to him many times. So, anyway. Okay, so is that it? Are we done? Okay, we're done. And next week, we are going to have on Matt Shea, as I said. And the following week, not sure yet, but um, we may be somebody that Doug knows that I might be talking to this week. So, we'll see. Okay, so you guys have a great week, and we'll see you next week right here on the Jupiter Rising Show, right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Yeah.